there's just no prescribed path and you just have mm -hmm. to kind of take each step as it comes and figure it out on your own and it's okay. Like never feel ashamed of the path you have to take to get somewhere. This is about humans dreaming together. About humans supporting each other on our journeys. It's about the science and the art behind making our dream lives a reality. To the students of life. The young and the curious. The dreamers and the doers. To those who crave to be a strong individual. And want to be part of something bigger than themselves. Welcome. 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 Welcome to the Dreamology Podcast. What's going on, my fellow dream chasers and entrepreneurs out there? This is Tim Bishop. Thanks for coming back to another episode of the show. As you know, we are here because the schooling system has failed Gen Z dream chasers and entrepreneurs. And so I created this podcast to teach the subject school didn't teach, which is dreamology. And dreamology is a study of how to make your dreams a reality. No BS, no subjects that don't matter, just you and your dreams, goals, and happiness. And every episode gives you a new mindset, tool, or strategy for making daily progress towards your dreams. Topics include mindset, mental health, happiness, high-performance habits, health and wellness purpose, and of course, all things entrepreneurship. And I'm really committed to this. I'm committed to making this the number one self-improvement podcast for you, the Gen Z dream, dream chaser. And I'm not going to stop until it is. And so I'm really happy that you're joining me on this road less travel and that you're one of the few people who has the courage to do what they actually want to do with your life. And so today's guest is a really special guest, Kalina Silverman. I watched her TED Talk about five years ago, and it now has over 6 million views called How to Skip the Small Talk and Connect with Anyone. She is the founder of Big Talk, and she is trying to study how can we connect people through having meaningful conversations and skipping the small talk. And so she's really working on stuff such as empathy, connection, eliminating loneliness, and just making our journeys of life more enjoyable. And so her work is so humane. It is so applicable to everyone, especially the entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey where people are known to be a little bit lonely on the way. So this episode is perfect for you learning how to make amazing connections with people and to feel connected to the world on your journey. So without further ado, here is Kalina Silverman. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us today with this very special guest, Kalina Silverman. Kalina is the founder of Big Talk. I watched her TED Talk five years ago uh, called How to Skip the Small Talk and Connect with Anyone, and it really impacted my life, and I can't believe that I get to talk to her today, so I'm super excited. Kalina, how are you doing? Thank you for joining us. I'm good. Thank you for having me here. I know I interviewed you for Big Talk on a road trip, <laughs> so it's nice being on the other side of things. <laughs> yes, yes, that was an awesome video. Uh, well, before we dive in too much, I'm curious just how you're holding up. I know 2020 has been a crazy year, COVID, a lot of racial injustice and more being exposed. And I just want to hear how you've been holding up during kind of these crazy times. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I feel like I have nothing to complain about, really. I've been doing a ton of outdoor activities because everything indoors is closed. Mm. Um, definitely miss arts and culture and events with people so much but I mean everyone in my life has been healthy 
I've been spending my mornings surfing, running, hiking, and um, I'll do picnics in the park with friends. And so that's all been great. Mentally, I think like maybe every once, once every week or two, I just get super anxious and stir crazy and stagnant and kind of have to like go on a walk and have a talk with myself and figure out how to kind of cope with that sort of just like frenzy in my own mind. Um, But other than that, I wouldn't say anything has been too bad. Um, So I feel like I've been really blessed 2020. I'm just, I don't know, life has just felt smaller and Mm. I've been craving something bigger. Like I used to travel every week for work and um, or visiting friends. And I, this is the longest I've been in one place. So, Mm. yeah, I know a lot of people in Minnesota have really been enjoying getting outside more and getting to the parks and kind of that aspect of work from home. But, but yeah, you're right. Mentally, it's been very tough for a lot of people and for myself at times to, to kind of stay strong in all this. So yeah, I appreciate you sharing all that and I'm glad that you're doing okay and that you are surviving despite uh, the world traveler being forced to stay in one spot. All right, well, let's dive in then. I am curious how Big Talk came to be. What is the origin story of Big Talk? Yeah, sure. Um, So my first couple of weeks at Northwestern, actually, I remember feeling so off. Like I felt like I didn't know who I was. I didn't feel connected to people, yet I was meeting so many people. I was going to those welcome week parties. I was kind of going through all the motions, you know, super on the surface probably seemed great. Um, But inside I just felt so scared and confused and lonely. And um, I eventually got over it for the most part, but I would still have those kinds of lonely moments at the end of the night or when I was in my dorm room. And um, I remember I was like, I got into sorority and I was partying a lot and having a lot of fun on the surface. But I remember one night I was having a conversation with a friend and it was pretty deep. Um, and I hadn't had those kinds of conversations much actually the first year of college. And I said, wow, I wish more conversations could be like this. And he said, yeah, screw small talk. And immediately the name big talk popped in my head. Mm. And I didn't really know what to do with it at the time, but um, it was just kind of a it just like stuck with me. Um, And then later at the end of the year, I did a project for journalism um, about the freshman year struggle. And I in like Northwestern's Facebook group. And I said, please uh, message me anonymously. If you've been struggling, I'd love to talk with you. And I got a flood of messages from people Mm. I never would have expected. And that was when I realized that I was not alone in what I had gone through um, freshman year, even though, I mean, now it seems so obvious. So many people struggle. Mental health is less stigmatized. But um, at the time, it was such a shocker to me that so many people were actually going through the same thing. And I thought, wow, if only we had all talked about this at the beginning of the year, we wouldn't have struggled so much. And immediately I was like, oh, we should have just had big talk instead of small <laughs> talk. Um, because there's so much small talk, like, what's your major? Where are you from? What do you want to do? But it's hard to kind of open up because you don't want to be judged, especially when you're meeting new people for the first time. So the concept of Big Talk was born actually out of this idea that you can meet people for the first time and just open up right away and it shouldn't be stigmatized. Yeah, thank you for sharing all of that. I agree with you that it is more mainstream now a bit to share mental health issues and struggles, but at the same time, you know, it is still a thing that a lot of people are afraid of, right? It's not easy to open up about what's going on in your life and it's really easy looking at people on social media and thinking that their lives are perfect when under 
you know, behind closed doors, uh, we all struggle with things. So I think it's really cool what you're doing. And I'm curious how you had the idea to do your first video. I know that's kind of the first video that went viral. There was a YouTube video where you asked people the question, what do you want to do before you die? So what was the inspiration behind that video? Yeah. So after I kind of came up with the name of Big Talk, then I spent that summer making documentaries. I traveled to Ecuador to report on um, children's education and Germany to talk about the Holocaust. And so I was talking to these strangers and having all these very serendipitous life encounters just by walking up to people. Mm. And um, I really wanted to replicate that feeling of magic you get when you travel and meet people back in my real life. Um, and I remember on my last day in Germany, I saw the question written on the Berlin Wall, what do you want to do before you die? And for some reason, immediately, like, it was like, big talk. What do you want to do before mm. you die? Like, that's it. And when I got home, I had uh, six weeks before I started school again, where I just didn't have any obligations. And I decided to just do this project where I would walk up to strangers and skip the small talk and ask them, what do you want to do before you die? And see if I could get to the big talk right away. And so I just made this video and I approached everyone from all walks of life, whether it was a homeless man in Venice Beach or an elderly woman in the park or businessman in Beverly Hills. And I just asked these questions right away, five minute interviews. And it was just shocking how people were able to open up. And what was even more kind of an epiphany for me was realizing that even though these people looked really different, they could have the same or similar answers to these questions because we were getting really to the heart of being human and not talking mm. about just like the surface level things that divide us just like the big stuff that we can all relate to. And I figured that could be a solution to help people feel less lonely or more connected. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I can relate to that too, you know, just by interviewing a lot of people and being someone who, without knowing it, uh, without having the label before, has participated in a lot of big talk in my life. You know, people from all walks of life can really relate to each other on a lot of human things, human experiences like pain and love and suffering and anger and jealousy and, and loss and, and successes. And, and we can all relate on a very core, deep level. And I think that's actually very refreshing and reassuring to know that, hey, I'm not the only one going through these things. So again, I, I loved the video. Uh, listeners, if you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out on YouTube. Look up Big Talk's YouTube page, and I'm sure you'll see it up there. Um, so Kalina, I'm curious, you know, now that you've been working on this for a couple of years, what do you feel like the mission of Big Talk is? I mean, the kind of biggest goal is to help people feel more meaningfully connected and less lonely because that's really mm. how it all started mm. as, a, as a lonely college student. Um, and then second is also to build empathy for people across cultures, across race, across geography, across different kind of perceived mm. identities. Um, because people's answers, like I said, it can often be actually very similar. So yeah, I think the kind of two things are to make people feel less lonely and more connected and to build empathy for people mm. from different backgrounds. Yeah. Wow. Empathy is such an important word right now, isn't it? Um, it seems like the world is really struggling to put themselves in others' shoes and to empathize with others' experience. Uh, and we're seeing a lot of that in 2020. What have you learned about how Big Talk can help people empathize with each other's experiences better? Yeah, I mean, I think Big Talk is almost like a practice in listening. 
And when I facilitate different events where I encourage people to ask each other these questions and really listen intently to the answers and then come up with follow-up questions, that's when people will like open up. I've seen people even cry just at, you know, in a mm. workshop and connect with each other and realize, wow, that person is a stranger, but they're just like me. And that's how you kind of grassroots level build empathy for each other. But even just, just when people watch the videos or just kind of have these chance encounters with strangers on the street and connect with someone, having that kind of emotional connection really helps you build empathy rather than just having mm -hmm. something on textbook paper telling you to believe something is true or not. I love that. Yeah. One thing that I've learned from traveling the world is that we definitely can't believe everything we hear on the internet because a lot of the times we are getting just a piece of the story. And when you have conversations face to face and actually meet people, you actually get to know them, their experiences and their struggles. So your comments kind of cued another thought in my mind, which was, okay, this is awesome. We know we want to skip the small talk and we want to go straight to big talk. But a lot of people are probably afraid to go there. You know, we don't often want to dive into the deeper topics, as you mentioned earlier, for fear of being judged, fear of not being liked, and it's just not the common practice to do. So how does one overcome those limiting beliefs and fears about making big talk? Yeah. Well, first off, I'd say if you act comfortable and feel comfortable, someone will match your energy. So if you show up being nervous and awkward asking something, no one's going to want to open up to you. Um, but if you're already comfortable and you give off that friendly, open vibe, they'll more likely to be like that. And if they're not, that's also okay. You can't expect everyone to be on the same wavelength as you. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to start off with like a crazy question. Um, you can start off with a pretty simple one that's just better than the simple, like weather, how's the weather? What's the traffic like question? You know, you can just <laughs> be like, Oh, like what was the highlight of your day? Like, you know, just mm -hmm. something that gets a little deeper, but isn't too intimidating. Um, mm -hmm. or like what's something you've been hoping to do in the future? You know, you, you just kind of just go one step deeper, but try to choose a question that touches on emotion. And it's not just something that anyone could answer generically. Cause in the end, mm -hmm. like what's the point of that? Yeah, and I, I saw here that your criteria for what makes a question a big talk question is, one, it's universal, two, it's meaningful, and three, it's open-ended. Uh, can you explain why those are the three criteria for a big talk question? For sure. Um, so a big talk question is, one, universal. So that means you could ask anyone in the world this question and they would have an answer to it. Hmm. It's not something that would be polarizing. Um, so you don't really ask someone about like their political opinions or anything like that, but you ask them like, what makes you happy? Anyone in the world could answer that mm, yeah. um, as long as it's in their language. And meaningful is a question that uh, skips the small talk, just goes one, even just one level beneath the surface. Mm. It's not just something surface level that you can just see in front of you. Um, and then open-ended means it's not a yes or no question. So someone would have a longer answer to it. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. I guess another criteria, which I need to update in the questions that I have, <laughs> um, but I've noticed is it's probably better not to have superlatives. Like don't ask someone what's the most thing you've done or your favorite, because that puts pressure on people to kind of recall something right away. And often it's harder for people to answer questions with superlatives. So that's something mm. I'll change for the future. 
Okay, sweet. Well, I will add that fourth one to my personal list. Um, so I got a big talk question for you then. Uh, my question is, what has been an experience that you've had? Um, you know, you've worked with a lot of big companies, you've traveled the world, you've had a lot of big talk workshops. What's been an experience that you feel like really exemplifies what having big talk can do at these kind of workshops? Yeah. I mean, recently during the pandemic, I did a workshop for veterans and that was so powerful because they have some crazy stories and there were tears and there was just this deep feeling of bonding within that two hour period. But I think like it's more like the through line that giving all these workshops, um, it doesn't matter if I'm speaking to a group of middle school students in Colorado or a group of um, young adults in Uzbekistan or veterans on Zoom, it's, it's pretty much the same. People will open up, they'll share stories that are sometimes similar or sometimes very different based on their unique life experiences, but always feel connected at the end. And that's what makes me feel bonded to people all over the world, wherever I go, when I'm in these workshops, it doesn't really matter who it is. And I don't have to worry too much about who I'm speaking to. It's just this simple idea of big talk resonates across humanity. Yeah. Isn't that awesome how you can talk to a military veteran or a middle schooler and, you know, the idea of just talking about life resonates with all of them and that big talk resonates with all of them. I, I love that. That's amazing. And you mentioned something there that I wanted to ask you, which is, you know, this kind of work makes you feel connected, connected to people. And there's a lot of young entrepreneurs in my audience and they're all trying to build big dreams as well. And I remember you saying at one point in your story, you got so tied into building your dream that you started to actually feel a bit disconnected with yourself. And so I'm curious if you have any advice for young entrepreneurs out there who are building big dreams on how to stay connected to their self and to remain happy on their own journey. Yeah, I think this is really important because there's definitely a lot of notions around entrepreneurship that it's kind of like all or nothing and you have to just put everything into it and become kind of fierce and almost aggressive as an entrepreneur. But mm -hmm. if that's not what your initial project was about, like Big Talk was not about being aggressive and focusing on one thing. It's about seeing a holistic, bigger picture and being a well-rounded human, mm -hmm. then you're going to lose sight of your initial goal or who you are. And not every entrepreneurial endeavor has to be like cutthroat. Um, you can work on things on your side time from another job. You can work on it, let go of it, come back to it. Sometimes you need that space. And I just really want to emphasize this because I think there's just so much pressure around these ideas of entrepreneurship, especially when you read biographies by like Elon Musk or something, and then you think yeah. things have to be a certain way. Um, I remember when I left, yeah, seriously. Um, I remember <laughs> I left school early uh, to work on Big Talk and my, one of my family members said to me, they're like, you're not Steve Jobs. And I said, I know I'm not Steve Jobs. I don't want to be <laughs> Steve Jobs. I'm Kalina. Um, and so there were times where I was like head deep in big talk and then I just wasn't happy. And I had to take a step back and either get another side job or pick a hobby um, and take a break and then come back to it more balanced. And I think that's so important to have hobbies and have passions and most importantly have 
relationships and friendships and if you're close with your family, be there for them. That's more important than any sort of entrepreneurial endeavor. And that'll feed you because those people will support you in your goals and missions because they love you and they'll help you succeed. But you can't do it alone. There's such a myth of this solo entrepreneur, but that's completely not true. Yeah. And my takeaway from that is really just know your own truth, right? Understand what kind of person you are. Because some people are that I want to go all out on my passion. And some people are more like they want that balance. They want it to be a side thing. They want to do other things with their life too. And I think knowing that it's okay to change, you don't have to do one way. Because like you said, I think we're sold entrepreneurship as it's this certain thing. When in reality, it can look like so many different things. So my takeaway is just know your truth and know who you are. So I love that you shared that. And I thank you for sharing that. Um, and it actually sparked kind of a little bit of a pivot in the conversation because, you know, you mentioned that you like to do a lot of different things. And I know one of those things is travel. And I was doing a little bit of research on you. And I saw that while you were traveling, uh, you did a journal question once and you said, how can I make my everyday life this meaningful and this beautiful? Right. You want to take those lessons from travel and how do you implement them into your daily life? And I've thought a lot about how to do this as well. So I'm curious what answers you found to that question of how can you make your everyday life that meaningful and beautiful, similar to how you make it when you are traveling? Yeah. Well, when you're traveling, everything is new. So you're just you see the world through baby eyes and mm -hmm. it's incredible because there's all this stimulation in your sight. So that can be trickier if you're just at home. Um, but something I like to do is just always notice the little things. Like I'll just like take stock in my own head or I'll write a little list on my phone when I'm traveling. I'll go through the neighborhood. I have this app where I can identify cool flowers I see. Like just kind of <laughs> taking new streets or exploring um, and just kind of noticing special little things that you appreciate or are interested in. And it, it takes mm -hmm. a little more effort. And then yeah. in terms of interacting with people, that's kind of where Big Talk was born. Um, and just not treating the people in your own hometown like they're boring just because they're where you live, but treating them like new people you'd meet while traveling also. Um, mm -hmm. um, giving yourself license to be spontaneous, to treat yourself uh, in your day-to-day -day life, just like you would when you're traveling is also important. Um, I think it's sad when I see some people who seem like they only come alive on vacation once a year. And then at home, they're just a different person, just like kind of doled down. Like you don't need to live life like that. You can always mm. live with that kind <laughs> of open, with that open-eyed um, vision of the world and spontaneity, even in your work, um, even just at home. Yeah. So my big takeaway is just the intention that you approach life with, right? When you're traveling, your intention is to be present, to meet new people, to put, put your phone down and to just be there for life. And so I think I've tried to carry that intention back with me on my everyday life. So I know that you spent about, what, six months to a year maybe doing research in Singapore and you were trying to bring your big talk research overseas and uh, see what you learned from that experience. So I'm curious what you learned by doing research in Singapore. Yeah. So I was there on um, a Fulbright research project from the U S government. And my project was how to use big talk to build empathy across cultures. And so uh, mm. in research, you have to be really pointed and focused. And so I was focusing just on migrant workers and Singaporeans. But I think what I actually learned from being there was that, like when you're passionate about something and um, open about it, like the whole world can become a part of it. 
And so no matter what I did in Singapore or who I met, they sort of became part of my big project, whether I was, you know, meeting a friend at the university who I ended up surfing in Bali with or um, talking to expats at a bar. Like it didn't matter. I would talk about big talk to them and do big talk with them. And they, some of them signed up for my research studies. And that was just so cool. I felt like the whole world was my oyster because mm -hmm. I let it be that way. Um, and that was part of just kind of, the whole mentality of traveling and seeing the world with new eyes and kind of starting fresh. That's amazing. I love that mentality. What a powerful mindset to attack life with, right? The world is my oyster and it just makes life fun. That sounds like really, really enjoyable going out there and connecting with all those people overseas. And I think it's so awesome that you were able to take this project overseas and to ask yourself some really big questions. Like how can we use big talk to eliminate cultural differences? That is Extremely powerful stuff. So now that you're back in California and it's it's during quarantine and COVID and you've all these amazing experiences lined up, you know, what are you working on now with Big Talk? I'm doing a lot of uh, Zoom Big Talk workshops. Um, like tonight, I'm going to give one to a hospitality school in Australia. Uh, and then next week, a nonprofit for children in Tanzania. So I'm trying to still travel while being <laughs> in California. Um so I've been doing a lot of virtual workshops, but because I've been doing so many workshops over the past couple of years, I've really been thinking about how to turn Big Talk into a more sustainable educational program, mm. where it's not just me giving a workshop each time, but something that can be more um, long-term, that someone can use Big Talk once, twice, throughout the year, throughout their lives, and it's not just within the space of one event. Um, so creating programs around that is definitely a big goal of mine. Mm. And then other than that, I've always been curious, but I think this will have to wait till the pandemic's over. Although we did do the virtual big talk road trip, but yeah. making more videos and just going out there and talking to more people, um, and just kind of like experimenting with different, like perceived demographics of people. So kind of taking these same themes and then interviewing someone with autism, someone who's a veteran, someone who works as a fashion model and seeing what are the through threads that connect humanity and just keep going with that experiment. Mm. Um, and then other than that, there's like now that Big Talk is a company, it's been really hard over the past year or so to just figure out how to run Big Talk as a business without mm. losing my passion. And it definitely... It, bottle boggles me down i don't know what the right phrase is <laughs> bogs, um, bogs when i'm not down? just thinking about <laughs> bogs me down yeah i'm like that <laughs> um, yeah i mean before <laughs> yeah like it's easy for me to present to school kids or to do a video but it's hard when i'm trying to figure out like social media strategy or how to still keep the business of the card game running smoothly um or who to partner with to help grow big talk. Like that kind of stuff has been tricky, but something I've been focusing a lot on over the past year or so. It's just kind of the uh, like organizational development, business growth. And hmm. just the hard part is doing that while also maintaining the original passion for big talk. Yeah, I totally understand uh, what you're saying. Uh, it's tough being at the beginning of the journey because you have to do everything, right? You have to do the social media and promoting yourself and the marketing and the sales and the finances and all of it, right? And it's tough because uh, you don't want to lose that passion, right? And so I think it's really important to balance out and to prioritize and make sure you're doing those things that you love every single day 
but also getting the stuff done that's going to help grow the business and help uh, to, you know, keep your dream afloat and keep your dream alive. Definitely. It's really important to compartmentalize too, because as something grows, there's just so many more components that you have to work on. So it's good mm-hmm. to kind of put them in separate buckets. Like this is the time I'll think business. This is the time I'll just think about the creative side. And it's tricky, but eventually you kind of figure out your own rhythm and flow for working on it. I love it. Yeah, that's fire. That's fantastic advice. And keeping with the lens of entrepreneurship, you know, entrepreneurship is known to be a very lonely journey. Um, And so I feel like big talk could really be a good solution uh, to that loneliness and to the aloneness that people can feel sometimes while chasing their dreams, feeling like they're alone um, and feeling like, you know, maybe no one understands their journey. Some people. Um, so how would you recommend an entrepreneur to use big talk to make their journey more enjoyable and to connect more people on the way? Yeah. I mean, I know there's lots of groups for young entrepreneurs out there, but I also think that being an entrepreneur, you don't necessarily need to have entrepreneurs on your support team. It's really more about your family and your friends who are going to be there for you no matter what. Um, and there's, times where people will write to me and say they've been going through a struggle alone or transitioning with something. And then they'll take out these questions, whether it's like on just over dinner or at their coffee table, they'll just ask each other questions and they'll say, wow, I got to know my friend more in these five minutes than I've been connecting with them over the past five years or same with a family member. Mm -hmm. Um, Or in terms, if you're at a business or networking event, then asking these kinds of questions instead of just the simple, like, what do you do or what can I do for you? What can you do for me? But going Mm -hmm. a level deeper um, is important, especially, I mean, there's studies that show that like having feelings of emotional connection and trust and psychological safety in the workplace is actually better for your work too. So it's not Mm -hmm. like you're trading being productive at work with by being emotional and open. Like it's actually, they go hand in hand. And Mm -hmm. I'd say all my best connections or opportunities have come from personal connections because I turned something that seems like business now, but it came from a friendship. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, if you feel more connected and whole at work that you're going to perform better. I mean, it's just not often a focus of a business. Like, okay, today we're going to make sure that Tim has great conversations at work today, right? So it's kind of like the work that you're doing is so important because we're bringing this into the workplace and we're bringing it into people's lives. Um, Because as we've seen from a lot of people, you know, uh, the entrepreneurial journey and the journey of dream chasing, you know, if you're not forming good relationships, uh, it can be an interesting place to be. Uh, A lot of people end up very unhappy because they end up alone. Right. And so I think it's really important to kind of recognize, you know, who your real friends are and who you want to connect with on on your journey and um, making sure that you are doing that on a frequent basis, whether that's with your friends or your family or strangers, um, whatever it may be. But it's important to feel connected along your way, because as we've seen with a lot of superstars and celebrities, that if you get to the top and you don't have those relationships, it can again, it can be a pretty lonely life that you live. Yeah, they say um, that it gets lonely at the top. Hmm. And I totally uh, um, abide by that warning. That it's important to just stay, really stay grounded and down to earth, no matter how successful you are in the moment. Because also that can all be taken away from you. You just, the world is so unpredictable as we've seen over <laughs> the past year. So you just never know. 
<laughs> yes, it is a crazy world right now. And I know this is kind of a deep topic, but I'm from Minneapolis and this is where George Floyd was murdered. And we've been seeing a lot of, I would say, just racial issues being brought to our light um, and brought to our reality for a lot of us who haven't had to experience it. We're learning a lot. And for people who do experience it, uh, they're suffering a lot. Um, so I'm curious if you thought about how people can use big talk um, in conversations like racism and social injustice. Yeah. I mean, a dream goal of big talk has always been to use it to um, bridge conflict um, and build empathy for people on opposite sides. And I've really struggled with how to help big talk do that without being political and causing tension because it should mm. never polarize people mm. and so i avoid questions that kind of hit politics on the head um or hit things that would maybe people would disagree on so but i think by choosing topics questions that everyone would have similar like deeper uh experiences to share with one another then that's how you can actually kind of cut through the political divides um, so that's something I have thought about a lot, but have been very careful and sort of tiptoed around lately until I kind of get a formula down. But I don't even know if there is a formula or I just kind of have <laughs> to try. Um, but it's, it's hard. It's very hard right now. Yeah, I, I really resonate with that. You know, I've definitely been trying to be extremely mindful of how I'm going about these conversations, right? Because if you just blurt out something that's going to be very offensive to someone else, then they're just going to respond with with anger or aggression too, and you're not going to get anywhere, right? The big talk won't ever even be able to happen. And so I've been always trying to approach conversations about all these issues very mindfully, ask thoughtful questions and things that we can just talk about and not have to talk about, like you said, our political views or just differing beliefs. Um, and uh, if you crack the formula on how to have these conversations, uh, definitely let me know. <laughs> I will. I, I did make a list of questions to kind of address some of the racial tensions going on. And I don't have them on the top of my head. I think I posted them to Big Talk's Instagram, but oh, my phone's dead. Um, just a list of questions to kind of open up these discussions. But until I come up with a bigger solution, that's all I've got for now. Mm. Awesome. I will definitely check out that question list and see what I can learn from you. Um, okay, so pivoting a bit to my mission. So one of my big missions with Dreamology is make people's dreams a reality, right? And I loved the idea of Dreamology as it's the study. It's the study of making our dreams a reality, studying what we didn't learn in school, and studying how to truly be happy and how to truly live a life that we love to live. And so when I was thinking about this idea of the dream life, and I thought about the American dream. And what I did is I actually Googled. I said, well, what is the definition of the American dream? What do, what do we consider to be the American dream? Because I know on a societal level, it's, it's kind of stereotyped as you go to college, you get a nice house, uh, you get married, and these sort of basic things. And so I wanted to see what Google had to say about the American dream. And so I'm going to read you the definition uh, of what it says, and I'm going to ask you a follow-up question. And so the definition of the American dream is the belief that anyone, regardless of where they were born or what class they were born into, can attain their own version of success. So the American dream is actually not one thing, but it is your thing, your version of success. So I'm curious, Kalina, after you know your short life, uh, what you consider to be your definition of success? Because of what's happened with Big Talk and other things in my life, it's when you have a goal 
and an idea of what you think success would be. And then when you go into it and pursue that goal and you come out with something even better or more unexpected than what mm. you had initially intended, that's success to me. So success mm. has a bit of surprise in it, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. When you first started Big Talk, did you know that you'd be giving a TED Talk that had 6 million views and would be traveling all around the world? Oh, Big Talk started <laughs> off as a YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And I feel like that's life, right? I mean, we go out for a goal and it rarely works out the way we want it to. It usually turns one way or another and it gives us surprises. And, and that's the beautiful thing about life. If it was complete certainty and we always knew it was going to happen, life would not be any fun. So I agree with you. Surprises are awesome. So I got to ask, I know I'm not supposed to ask, you know, most and say, uh, you know, the superlative, like we said, but I, I am curious, what is your favorite big talk question? <laughs> um, let's see. I mean, two kind of very, or I'll say three like lighthearted ones that I love. Um, for if you're at a kind of a party, you're uh, just with a new group, I love asking people what are you curious about lately? So I think a lot of times we just forget to actually ask people about their passions or curiosities and people are so quirky. Like people <laughs> have all sorts of things going on that they're interested in, but they like they oftentimes don't get a chance to talk about it. Um, I also like to ask people, what's your next adventure? And um, then another one I always ask at workshops is if you could create and run your own country, what would it be like? And it doesn't have to be political. It could be totally dreamy or silly, but it's just fun to see where people's imagination priorities take them in their country. Oh, yeah. I love that question. What are you curious about? I'm definitely going to steal that one and start using it. So uh, thanks for sharing what your favorite is. All right. Well, we are wrapping up here on time. So I want to ask you, you know, based on all the stuff we've talked about here today, what would be one thing that you want to leave with the listeners? I think a couple of things. One is that you do not have to be alone ever. I think people feel it's so easy to get stuck in and feel alone. Um, there's always someone else who's also lonely or someone you can connect with. Just take a step outside or talk to the person in the next room. Um, and then also just that if you're on any sort of journey or path, like just trust and going your own way. There's no prescribed way to succeed or to get somewhere um, with Big Talk, I've done so many turns. Um, I've had all sorts of weird jobs while working on Big Talk. You know, even after having millions of views on YouTube or whatever, I still worked as a receptionist or did all sorts of odd jobs. Like, there's just no prescribed path, and you just have mm -hmm. to kind of take each step as it comes and figure it out on your own. And it's okay. Like, never feel ashamed of the path you have to take to get somewhere. Um, and someone else is going through it too. So, yeah. Amazing. I love everything you just said. Retweet, share, like everything. Uh, I love it. All right. Well, we are closing up and I want to talk about the Big Talk card set for a second. I just got my first Big Talk card set. And for listeners, if you don't know what that is, it's a packet of 90 questions that you can ask people in your life to just start having more Big Talk in your life. So you can go to makebigtalk.com to check those out. This is not an ad or a sponsorship. I'm just uh, helping Kalina out and supporting the movement and the mission. Kalina, I really appreciate you spending time with me coming on my show and sharing your story 
Uh, like I said, I'm the biggest fan girl. I love supporting Big Talk, and I think the work you're doing is amazing, and I can't wait to see what you do next with it. Me too. I really appreciate your support, and thanks for reaching out, and this conversation was great. It kind of reminded me of some of the original intentions behind Big Talk too, which is always important, and I'm excited to follow your journey too. All right. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode with Kleena Silverman. I know that I got a lot of value from finally getting to talk to her face to face after following her journey for over five years, like I said. And so like always, you know, Kleena shared so much stuff about how to have meaningful conversations and make meaningful connections in your life. So take out the notes on your phone and write down one thing that you learned from this conversation that you're going to take with you on your journey. And now I have an exciting announcement. I've been thinking about ways that I can be more connected to my audience and provide my audience even more value. And so as of today, I am offering a free 30-minute call to any of my listeners to discuss any aspect of your life or dream that you are chasing that you want to make a reality. Whether it's in money, a new habit, starting a new business, making a big change in your life. We can work together to make a plan for whatever it is. And so my goal of this 30 minutes is to have you leave with just one big thing, one big thing that's going to help you and change you on your journey. And so I'm really excited to be doing this. And keep in mind, this is not me giving you advice on what I think, right? It's not about my journey and me. This is about me helping you see what's already inside yourself, about helping you realize new things that you already know that just haven't surfaced yet. And so my role is just to be a guide in your journey. So if you're interested in a 30-minute phone call with me, you can just text me or call me, 612-710-4605. That's my number. You can always shoot me a text and always reach me there. And I'm excited to have the opportunity to get to meet some of you and to really connect with and help make your dreams a reality. And so thanks again for being a part of my journey. And thank you again for being creative enough to step into your own journey. So let's take these lessons that Kalina left us with us on our journey. Let's skip the small talk and go straight to the big talk. And most importantly, let's go make our dreams a reality. And I will see you guys next time.